Storygram Network. Hosting for this podcast is generously provided by Transistor at Transistor.fm. Hi, my name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. So it's not about food, and it's not about weight. What is it about? Everything else. Because it's never, ever about food or weight. Never, ever. Not even. One time. Not ever. Ever, ever. Hello, everyone. It's Laura Lee Rourke with It's Not About Food podcast. Thank you all so much for being here today, listening to our great podcast today about expression. So the body love card shows the goddess sort of wiggling her booty and dancing. And so the little deer is doing the same thing. And they're sort of like being in themselves, expressing who they are, what they're doing. And by the light of the moon, it looks like. So it says on the back, expressing our feelings and ourselves is the only way to live our truth in our bodies, hearts, and souls. Many times we have been taught that to express our feelings is harmful to others and ourselves. But if we learn how to express our feelings honestly and constructively, it is beneficial to everyone. And I have to say that this is really true. Being the person in my family that's the most weird or (laughs) the black sheep, if you will, even, or the, God, don't say that in front of her. She'll tear you a new one about that. And I am that person and always have been. And I don't, I'm not sure why, but I am. And so, for instance, like I come from a family of we're professional dieters. Thank you very much. And when I started Beyond Hunger and started my own recovery from my eating disorder and took a stand that I am never going to diet again, I could not any longer talk with my siblings about dieting or how fat they are or how fat someone else is or how fat we used to be or how fat we might be or how thin we want to be or how thin we should be. I just became the person that no one could say that to anymore. And consequently, we didn't have a lot to talk about because I realized in my family, that's what we talked about, what somebody looked like, especially how fat or thin. And my whole life was about that. If I was thin enough to be okay, and I was always searching for that perfect way that I could eat so that I would be ultra thin. And when I really stepped into my truth about that doesn't work, and I need to give that whole, that was the addiction to being thin for me, even though I had other addictions for sure, but that was the main addiction. And so when I had to give that up, it felt like I wouldn't be able to live in the world that we live in. And I had to express those feelings and I had to let myself be okay. And I had to look at my own isms, my own racism, my own sexism, my own ageism, and my own fatism. I had to look at that and give it up, just give it up. So I had to learn how to have my feelings, even though they were uncomfortable for me and for others, and be okay with that I had a whole different idea of how to be in the world, how to move in the world, and to just be able to be in my feelings and say, ouch, in my family, or be honest 
and even just communicate who I am. That was okay if who I was would be the one that would go along with whatever the program was. But since I wasn't that person, there was always a pushback. So I am really glad. I think this is a fellow pushbacker (laughs) and so happy to have her here. And I am going to let you say who you are and what you do and what you're about with your cool cat glasses and red purple hair. Very cool. Thanks. I try to keep life interesting. So I am M. Reem Efrock. I identify as non-binary and I run a small group practice with my partner called Rainbow Recovery. And our focus is on eating disorder treatment, substance use treatment, and trauma recovery, mainly for the queer community. But honestly, if you call me I'm not going to turn you away just because you're not queer. That actually is the opposite of what I'm trying to do. That's right. It's like feminism. That means that it's okay to be whatever choice you want to make. Feminism doesn't work because we can't have it all. That's not feminism. Not what it says. Make a choice. It just means our table gets bigger. That's all we're asking is just for the table to be bigger for everybody. And so when we decided to reopen our business after this pandemic ended, we decided we wanted to open something that made the table bigger. Love it. So how are you doing that? And how does it fit in with the idea of expression? I think that this is finally my expression to the world about everything I care about, which is the most exciting thing for me. I waited until I was in my 30s to come out. I am only finishing my medical part of my transition now. I've waited my whole life to be this version of myself. And for the first time ever, I can look at a therapist, look at anybody and go, I like myself. My body is great how it is. I don't need to diet. Everything about me can express something to you about who I am. My hair glasses, all of my tattoos, the way I dress all gives you a secret look into part of that vulnerability that I used to want to hide from people. And funnily enough, as the better I got at being vulnerable and expressing myself and showing up and showing my real self to the world, the better life got. Yes. And I was so afraid it would get smaller, but it actually got bigger. Some people did leave. So that might have been a little bit of a small losing weight of a friend, like that friend might have weighed about 150 pounds. So I lost 150 pounds of that friend. (laughs) But it was replaced with several more people who totally get it, what I'm about. No, And people, when they see you do this, it's so interesting. People that I think I was more collegial acquaintances with, we've developed like these beautiful working friendships instead. Like the relationships I always wanted with the people I always wanted, I naturally got because I presented as me. And it's something kind everyone has always said about me and I'm learning to take it in and value it is that I hold space for everyone to be vulnerable really well because I value it so much in myself. And the more real people are with you and then you're not friends with your idea of who someone is. You're friends with the person. And they're friends with you. And of course, we're human and we always have this filter. And I think that's to keep ourselves safe. We have to plug people into certain things. But the more we let that go, actually, the more human we do get to be. I feel like it's our nature, especially in the culture that we live in, that is so divisive and has been forever for a long, long time that, okay, are are you a friend or a foe? And if you look this way, you're going to be a foe. If you look this way, you're going to be a friend. And how do we like let go of that idea? And for me, it was finding my own inner self that I would always be on my own side and take care of myself. 
bad things happen for sure they do but I would really try to take care of myself so I didn't have to worry about this whole friend or foe thing I can in the moment decide how and what to do oh, and I mean like this is where this level of learning to express yourself makes your life so much easier because as I've moved through this I've learned who is real in my life and gets to have a real place and who maybe doesn't belong there or doesn't want to be there. Ultimately, like I'm not in as much pain. My like soul doesn't hurt anymore. Like I'm not depressed or anxious all the time. I'm still depressed and anxious. I'm human. But there's this pervasive level, I think, when we hold on to an idea of who we're supposed to be versus who we are, that our feelings are just so misaligned. And that this alignment and you're like, I'm not throwing this away for anything now. No. And isn't it kind of like once you go to treatment or you get recovery, very hard to go backwards. Like once you know, and you can maybe pretend you don't know, but you still know. And so it doesn't work. I always look at it like I was a big calorie counter. That was my thing. My whole thing was I would restrict by counting calories and then I would exercise a ton. And I was a math genius. <laughs> I can now do taxes and money and things I never knew I could. And I didn't learn it from math class. I learned it from my eating disorder. That's exactly right. I always say that. Right. And <laughs> what's interesting is now when I have a thought about, oh, you know, these clothes feel uncomfortable. I don't feel great in my body. Something's wrong. No longer is my first thought better download that calorie counter again, better write out what you're eating and make sure you're doing the right thing. No, now it's a, have you painted today? Have you written something? Like, what have you put into the world today that will remind you like your place is here? Yeah. When my son was younger, I don't know, maybe 11 or 12, we went shopping for pants and he came out and he, he said, well, I think this is my size. So he took three or four different sizes into and um, he comes out, he goes, none of these pants are okay. They don't fit. It was the pants fault. But me, as a professional dieter, it was my fault if the pants didn't fit. Like you failed at clothing. I failed at clothing, <laughs> yes. And what was also so weird is that there was a tailor right there. Do you need it taken up in the length or maybe in the waist a little bit? That's never in the department that I shopped in. Anyway, so that was a huge lesson. It was always that he outgrew it, which was fine with him, or he, or it just didn't work anymore. It was never, oh, I have to go on a severe diet in order to fit into these pants the rest of my life. It's like when you think about it, even the best pair of jeans is not gonna last you your entire adult life. So why try to change your body to fit into them? No, I tell my clients, like they'll say, well, I don't fit into the clothes that I used to be able to wear. Do you fit into that little sleeper that you wore when you first came home from the hospital when you were born? No, because you grew. We, we grow, we change. That's what happens. Agreed. I think part of where diet culture has done a really good job of hooking into us is that human beings' whole lives are about change, and yet we're so uncomfortable with it. And you have to almost embrace that you are going to be uncomfortable at least 50% of the time in your life. Yeah. And that's good. Yeah. If you were comfortable all the time, nothing would change. Nothing would happen. I think that sometimes these really very authoritarian leaders that we have are very comfortable. They never want to change. So they are okay with never changing. And the rest of us are all changing all the time. And we're not comfortable with those people not changing. It's scary when you watch someone be comfortable sitting in place while you're moving. And it's much more noticeable. I love that. 
Yes. So I don't know how much you want to talk about your little road to who you are. And also you have a Facebook page that again, I really love so much and maybe say that and talk about that a little bit and how you came to do that. Sure. So the Facebook page is Eating Disorder Professionals for Intersectional Social Justice. <laughs> I know it's like very wordy. <laughs> I have had a lot of negative experiences within the eating disorder landscape and a lot of very good ones. The good ones I've had has been like through my work with Project Heal, all of the providers that are a part of that network. I've never met a Project Heal person that I don't want to be my best friend. Oh. Uh, genuinely. So far, it could change because everything changes. But I had experiences at some other bigger eating disorder organizations where I faced some like passive aggressive transphobia, where it became really clear to me that it wasn't really about me or my identity. When I stepped out of personalizing it, I was like, you all don't like change or different. I can't be a part of things that don't like change and different because I only know change and different and how healthy it is. So I wanted to create a space for those of us that really valued studying the intersections for our clients and ourselves. I might be non-binary and trans, but I'm still a white person. I'm middle class. I own a house and a car. I have a partner who presents as male. We can pass as a cis couple whenever we want. We have so many things. And should I be looking at that when I have the young black woman sitting across from me who's trying to come out to her family while she's dealing with bulimia because our stories are vastly different, even if some of there are some similarities. How do you treat someone that is so different from you that has so many intersectioning factors that make or break their recovery and not look at those factors? Like people don't come to us for store-bought apple pie. People come to us for the homemade, you made the crust, the filling, you baked it with love. Want store-bought, you can go somewhere else. I love that. It's not really one size fits all here because like it never fits off, for instance. Storygram Network. Welcome to One Media, One Media. I'm when you're whining with nurses. It's a place I like to call The Bleed. My name is Laura Lee, and this is It's Not About Food. The art of being yay isn't just something he developed. Storygram Network. I found that was my problem working in so many recovery places is I've liked and loathed every ED place that I've ever worked because I've grown and learned so much and done so much amazing work. But there is a point in which the growth stops because the inability to be intersectional in like company growth is really difficult for places. And that's where our clients get stifled. I always tell people it's the strange and unusual clients that usually end up with me doing what should be residential term care through me instead, because they can go to residential or even LP or PHP. Wow. It's so interesting that you're showing us a little snapshot into that world, because I don't think that many people get that. At Beyond Hunger, we farm people out, if you will. You know, we don't have that. We don't have a IOP. We have none of that. We have support groups. And I also do peer education where I teach young people how to go into schools and talk about this issue to other high school students. And that's been going on for about 20 years. And the Beyond Hunger's been there since 1988. But when somebody needs a higher level of care, I have a list of people that I like that I send them to. And a lot of times the feedback 
that I get back from people is that didn't really work for me and this is the reason why. Well, I take them off my list because if they didn't see the person underneath the eating disorder, then what are we doing here? And that's, I think that's where my frustration with our field and the intersection of my own journey plays out because I, at a really young age, was with a therapist. I will not say her name. I will never forget her name because she told me to keep my identity to myself. Oh, nice. At the same time that I was starting to have what I look back on were not actually my weight concerns. It was the extended family in my life that felt somehow being fat would mean something about me. And about them. Yes. was like growing up, I was like, oh, I was super smart. I was creative and talented. I never doubted the internal part of myself. It was always external. So from that point on, it was like, well, if I can't be myself, if being trans or non-binary or whatever the word was at the time was unacceptable, then I needed to learn how to become acceptable and eating disorders make it acceptable. As long as it's an eating disorder that you get thin, if it's an eating disorder that you get fat, then not a, oh, not and everybody okay. hates it, and want then we prescribe anorexia to people. That's that's what we do. Everybody likes the anorexic. Yeah, <laughs> everybody wants to be the anorexic. Well, I wish I had cancer so I could lose weight. That's an anorexic thought, you know. Which someone has said to me before in session, like a child is so scary. But I can just remember all through high school, all through the beginning of college, into my mid twenties, just living my life for, I can only eat this much of these meals. I have to plan everything. I have to count everything. I can remember restricting all day to go out drinking with my friends. How dangerous and stupid was that to go run in the morning, but I wasn't in my right frame of mind. I was trying to keep myself safe. As soon as I and my body kind of, we went through this journey where I ended up gaining a lot of weight I ended up having bariatric surgery, which I do not promote to people and have very mixed feelings about that experience. I'm half of what my body weight was and a lot of my mobility issues are gone, but there's so many other issues. I don't know if it was a fair trade, but it was a choice I made before I knew what I know now. What all of it did was I eventually had to let go of that eating disorder. And when I had to let go, the real me, that therapist had suppressed all those years ago. <laughs> do you still want to be this person? You are still able to be this person because you didn't die. You didn't die. So there's still an option. And everyone, a part of my privilege is I just found my person. The person that I'm married to is my person on this planet. I believe that the universe just made us for each other, as cheesy as that sounds. And it was never a question to him about if this was who I was. It was when do you want to be that way in the world full time? Wow. So cool. The best. Yeah. In fact, the more I've moved into my process, he's expanded into treating people looking for their own gender affirmation process and walking clients through it based on what we went through and realizing how important it is to have someone who can tell you that you are perfectly imperfect just how you are. Yeah. This goes with the whole thing is the heart loves who it loves. The heart doesn't see, well, this doesn't show up as my pictures of us in a black tuxedo and a white dress. Maybe it does, but maybe it doesn't. And what does that mean? Or maybe I'm in the black tuxedo and he's in the white dress. I mean, maybe that's okay too. I mean, the heart loves who it loves. And I always, ever since I heard that, this is actually the anniversary of the love case, the black woman and the white man in the fifties that 
went all the way to the Supreme Court for the right to be together. Like, how courageous is that? I know. And it always, it's definitely one of those stories that I keep very close to my heart. My partner's also um, originally from Israel. So we always joke if that case hadn't passed, where would we be? He is white presenting. There is a reality to those things on paper. But then we realized we got married before I came out. So on paper, on our marriage license, I'm female, he's male. We have no issues. Like everything that we did, we almost did before this, almost like we knew there would be trouble if we didn't. And I always think of how brave it is to not wait, right? To say, we're going to get married. So we're going to go to the Supreme Court because we should be allowed to get married. Absolutely. But you're already there. You just got in under the wire. (laughs) But how great of you to still be talking about it, to let other people know that it doesn't really matter. Just if you want to get married. Yeah. Okay. And my attitude about marriage is I love my partner. I would be with them whether or not we were married. Yeah. And for him, it was peace of mind that if anything happened to the other person, someone couldn't walk in and take. And I think having a lot of queer friends who were with people before gay marriage was like legal and watching friends lose homes, cars, bank accounts to very angry family members when their spouse or partner passed away. Yeah, like when these men were dying of AIDS in the 80s, their partner could not come in to see them, but their estranged sister. And could stop their partner from coming in, which is, of course, the worst part at the end to not be with your person. Yeah, I love that it's sort of like whatever your person is, whoever that person is, that's just your person. We're both going to change and grow. Gloria Steinem once said, the reason why I've never gotten married is because I don't live well in captivity. And then she met her person and she said, I don't feel captive. I feel love. And she got married and she could change. She could change. We can all change. And we're supposed to, right? We're supposed to, yes. The reality is growth is only an issue when the person doesn't grow with you. And then were they ever your person in the first place? Yes. We should have another podcast (laughs) about that. that. And a whole other podcast just about how to choose the right ED treatment or, you know, what to do about that. And how do you present yourself? And how do you transition? And you're one little person. And these are a lot of big issues that need to be talked about for sure. I care about all of them. And my hope through my work will always be if more people just learn that these things exist, that these problems exist, and they take an interest in just one of them, they'll come across someone someday whose life will be radically changed by the information they know. Yeah. I'm going to show my ignorance of, or my forgetfulness of, there was a movie a few years ago about a woman who had transitioned from a man and was in the middle of her surgery. And she found out, because he did a DNA test, I think, she found out she had a son. And so the movie is about her going back to meet this son. And I remember telling this to one of my family members. It was such a powerful movie and done so well and beautifully. And it was just great. The whole movie was really great. And the answer I got back, you know, I am so happy that I just have a more simple life. It's not Steve and Steve. It's Adam and Eve. And I was like, it's time to take me to the airport. whatever about you. And that that was how I grew up. That was it. And I thought, okay, it's still the same. Oh, okay. Good to know. Still the same. I mean, clearly because of my identity, I never understood that argument 
per se, but I also, I don't know, I guess maybe because of who I am, I'm just like, say you have been right this whole time and I am going to go to hell. Isn't that my business? Isn't that my, my business? business? To save me. That's right. I have to be saved. Isn't that my call with my one little life that I get? Isn't it my choice? And again, that could be a whole other show, but I have to wrap this one up. And I'm so grateful for you being here today and talking about these really big issues and letting us know who you are and that you're out there in the world and how to get a hold of you. So I wonder if you will read this last part of today. I will experiment with different ways like you don't already do that. Today I will experiment with different ways to express my feelings when they come up. I will let myself cry, laugh, get angry, excited, or have any other feelings that arise. And I will experiment with constructive ways to express them such as writing, drawing, walking, talking, and breathing, or other ways that work for me. Yes. So this is, to me, the key. When Carol and I wrote these cards and came out with them, this was our best self. I don't always do this. But it is really good to remind myself, too, oh, I need to first have my own feelings within myself before I just vomit them all over somebody else and make them carry this crap around. So it's a thing to aspire to for sure. I'm so glad you made these. These are so beautiful and I cannot wait to share them with all of my clients. Oh, thank you very much. And I'm so glad that you are in the world being you. Oh, I'm glad you're in the world and I'm so glad you're doing this. This is so important. Thank you. So take care and we'll see you around. Thank you for listening. You can find me on all the social medias at It's Not About Food. And if you would like to get the show a week early and ad-free, you can become a member at Patreon. Search It's Not About Food Podcast. Thanks so much.